Hey, we're back at it again. Ray Ray's podcast live from the ninth floor of Hello Studios, beautiful downtown Dallas. It is your boy Ray. And Allison. And you know, we represent Ray Ray's podcast. Glad to be back at you again on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. We're ready for sweater weather. I'm telling you, sweater weather's coming soon, all right? Uh, we got a great show planned for y'all today. Uh, make sure you guys are going to YouTube, liking, subscribing, getting that alert for when we drop these videos. So you can check out all this amazing action and videos we're putting out. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, hell, if you got Facebook or Twitter, go follow us there too. Uh, Ray Ray's Podcast, okay? So this is the part of the show we like to reset people's days, reset people's weeks, or even your month if you need to. So, Allison, you ready? Ready. All right. So for all of you out there watching or listening, in case no one told you today, you're beautiful, you're loved, you're needed, you're alive for a reason, you're stronger than you think. Hey, you're going to get through this. See, we're glad you're alive and don't give up. So, you know, keep saying the positive words. I promise they make a difference in your life. All right? Amen. All right. So let's get down to the down to the good stuff today, all right? We got a you know a couple of, you know, band members in the building today. Uh We've got Brandon representing Black Tie Vendetta, and we have Paco Estrada in the building. All right, welcome, guys. Ray Ray's podcast. See the people that are coming. They're coming. See, there you go. They love you. Hey, they're all out there. They're, 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 they're all out there. <laughs> <laughs> it, was hard, it was hard to get in here, actually. It's very crowded. The security, you know, let y'all in. Yeah. <laughs> Had to yeah. fan them off. <laughs> yeah, they put blankets over us so they didn't see us. All right, awesome. Hey, well, thank y'all for coming in and, you know, spending time with us today. But we greatly appreciate it. I'm so looking forward to this show we're about, to, we're about to put on for the people here, all right? So let's start it off, all right? So let's start off with you, Brandon. You know, let's talk to us where the name Black Tie Vendetta came from, and is there a meaning behind it? Short answer is no meaning behind it. It was uh, just kind of us in a room looking for something that nobody had ever heard of before, so... Uh, the idea was kind of that word game where each person sort of throws out a word and you see what fits. As you can imagine, a ton of hilarious names came out. This is the one that kind of stuck that we went, okay, we can make a meaning out of it. So I, I would say we probably, when we were more serious, you know, probably <laughs> told people that, yeah, it's about raging against society and, you know, the That's norms of having to work, you know, but no. Yeah, I thought you guys were like, I'll never wear black ties ever. Never. Now we're black ties all the time. So, Paco, is, is your stage name? Is it your real name? You talk uh, to us. Francisco's my real name. Uh, it's Paco's a nickname of Francisco. Frank, Poncho, it's all the same name. Um, but, yeah, so I used to play in a band called South FM, and uh, we, were, we still kind of play around. Um, but this show was kind of centers around, um, you know, Black Tie Vendetta was, was a band that primarily played in the early 2000s in Deep Ellum quite a bit. And... Um, so did my rock band, South FM. So uh, we just, that's kind of a, a big part of why Brandon asked me to, to open up the show acoustic. Um, but yeah, we're going to celebrate our, our heyday from 20 years ago and and see who 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 would like to come out and, and, and hear that again. So get a little taste of their of their 20s at the Kessler Theater, nonetheless, which is, uh, you know, normally we're in Deep Ellum. That's kind of our main neighborhood. So it's nice to be outside of our neighborhood and uh, be on the stage at the Kessler, which is just phenomenal place i've never been on that stage brandon's never been on the stage that's a lie i've been on it what you've been on that stage yeah I've and you went to go it. check it out it was no oh. i played it i played it i want to say like 
2011, I was doing an EP release, and I invited you, and you couldn't make it. Uh oh. <laughs> was I? Sh- I was shampooing carpets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Brandon. Um, was there a particular influence that brought you guys together with Black Tie Vendetta, and what brought you two together? Um, yeah, I mean, with with Black Tie, we used to be in in metal bands, all my friends, and I. Uh, it's it's just not good for vocal longevity when you're yelling all the time. And so we were, as we were sort of getting older, wanted to make a shift but maintain, like keep some of that sort of guitar, drum, bass heaviness, you know, and, and soften the, the vocal thing. Um, so, I mean, that's where it got going was, you know, kind of Foo Fighters inspired, that type deal. But, I mean, Paco, we, we met just from playing together years, you know, on the same stages and and all that good stuff. So I'm sure I picked up a few of his flyers when he was passing them out on the corner. Speaking of passing out flyers, you know, before we started filming the episode, uh, we were talking about social media and how it's so different now. And you used to get on the streets and pass out flyers back in the day. Talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, we had to. That was really dope. Unless you're sending out, you know, phone call, you know, if you're calling your friends and sending out messages, but most of the time, you had to just go down to the streets. We had, we had websites that had message boards on them, but there wasn't. You know, MySpace hasn't re- hadn't really taken off yet. So, um, you know, our MySpace were our private message boards on our on our websites, and you know, we were just trying to get people trying to get traction there. And so, but yeah, you had to go stand on the corner, main and crowded, sing Defellum, and hand out flyers for two weekends before your show to get people out. That's just how it happened. Do you think it's uh, harder? now to get people out to shows or was it harder to get people out out to shows i think it's like everything in life anything can be harder or easier depending on whether you know how to use it to your advantage and to to use it as a tool so social media you know like we were talking about earlier for for dinosaurs like myself you know i'm 42 years old and coming from (laughs) an era of of handing out flyers on you know in person it's very different, and sometimes, like, I feel like I'm wrapping my head around Instagram, you know, and I've moved past the MySpace and gone through the Facebook. And, um, you know, you can see that split. Facebook is for more engaging. Instagram is more for just the scrolling and getting, you know, what you need. And, you know, uh, still ads are dead, and so we're moving to moving ads. And, like, just trying to keep up with the Joneses social media-wise. But even TikTok, it's like, well, you know, then there's that age gap of like, well, what do, what do I, where's, where do I find my place on TikTok? And a lot of it is just like, it's a little overwhelming, you know, but if you can wrap your head around it and you can really, you know, obviously you can use it to, to, to its advantage, to your advantage. Okay. So we just mentioned, you know, you know, the hardships of trying to get people to come out to shows. Speaking of shows, like I said, we you know, briefly touched on this, the reunion show, October 15th at the Ketzler, correct? Yes. Talk to us uh, about that event, you know, the makings of getting that event to happen, everything's going behind that, and, and the whole lineup for that show, all right? Sure. It's a, a magical night of remembering. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, but it all this all started. Um, so our, our guitar player turned 40 last year, and his wife made this grand gesture and surprised him in Vegas with all his closest friends, right? So she flew us out, and he had no idea. So... He had asked her, you know, what do you want for your 40th? I can't be messing around and just, you know, do something, you know, insignificant or whatever. And she said, well, I've never seen your band play. So that would be what I would ask for for my 40th. So this whole concept started from our guitar player's wife saying, I'd like to see the band that I never saw you play in. 
And so reached out to a few different venues, and, and Kessler was just kind of the immediate, you know, first one back saying, oh, yeah, we'd love to host it here. And, and so that's how it all came about. That oh, sounds that's like so movie. cute. How romantic. You're right? I feel like a rom-com movie we could start. Oh, man. <laughs> His head, if he knew that, it would blow up so big. <laughs> His life is a rom-com, probably. It kind of is. Yeah. He's the one in Hawaii, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So talk to us a little bit about being independent artists and the potential struggles that you've had working independently. Well, I mean, it's all DIY, so it's as much as you know, you know, whatever you can kind of get out there. It's good and it's bad. You have control, complete control over your output, and there's nobody telling you you need to do this thing. But, you know, by the same token, you're sort of um, at the mercy of, you know, your limitations, you know. So I think it's really sort of, you know, getting as knowledgeable as you can about the industry, and then creating a good team, you know, that can also help move a ship forward. I don't know if you have anything on that, Paco. Yeah, the, the team part is the hardest part because if you don't have the fi finances to get someone outside of the band, then you're asking band members to be the team and asking musicians to do non-musician-type things, which is what is required of an independent artist, and that, that gets very difficult. So it's hard to... Especially you're your own business, so you know if you're a band, you have your own LLC, and you're protecting yourself, and you're trying to write off gas money and strings and instrument, whatever. But you know when you do that, then like you're your own boss, so like you wake up in the morning and you have to like you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like, okay, well who's gonna tell me what I need to do this week? I have to tell me, so I have to make that list, and I have to hold myself accountable to that list because I'm the only one in charge. You know, so it gets tough be motivated like that and keep it going absolutely i feel that and um y'all mentioned you're going to be performing at the kessler and there were other locations that you were reaching out to to you know create this awesome show that's about to come out um and you mentioned deep ellum is somewhere you used to perform and there's a lot of you know violence and decline in the area um how do you guys feel about that? Like, would you perform in Deep Ellum again? Or Oh, yeah. We yeah. do we do all the time. We just played last Friday night right there. Main and crowd is at Will Call. Um, us especially because we've been, I mean, that's our neighborhood. That's um, I've lived down there before. Um, we've, I've been playing down there since I was 19 years old. And I think that, you know, any area on any Saturday night that's bogged down with a lot of people that have been drinking, you know, there's going to be acts of violence, but I feel like Deep Ellum over the years has gets a lot of heat because it's such a hot spot and because it's just to the east of downtown. There's a lot of engagement over who owns property down there and what they're how much money they're going to make on whatever they're building there. So you've seen the, the neighborhood go through a lot of phases and. To me, this is just part of the cycle of Deep Ellum. You know, here it is. It's going to get a certain way, and then there's going to be more social media sort of put on these incidents that do happen. A lot of these incidents are isolated incidents that are happening between people who know each other. There are disputes between two people that are acting out, that have been drinking, that are in a fight. It's not these random acts of violence. And so, but it gets blown up, and then you get people that, that perpetuate the idea it's an unsafe neighborhood. But, it, I mean, it's unsafe anywhere on a Saturday yeah. night after midnight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but absolutely. The neighborhood goes through ups and downs and I think, you know, we're just we're at a turning point, but it'll survive and like live music 
no matter what, will always, you know, I think it'll always be the most important part of Deep Ellum. Yeah, I've been in Vegas for the past 10 years, and I remember going with my brother and friends to shows down in Deep Ellum. So hearing about all this stuff going on as an outsider in Vegas, it made me so sad. So it's nice to hear from someone who actually lives in the neighborhood that it's not as bad as the news it's making it out to be, um, and hopefully this will pass sooner than later. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, real quick, we got a segment on the show. It's called... Slow down. We just want to get to know you. This is where we're going to ask you some questions, kind of really get to fill you out and really get to know you. Also, I have to mention that Slow Down is brought to you by Lyrically Correct. Uh, if you think you know music trivia, go buy the Lyrically Correct card games at lyricallycorrect.com. Put in promo code RayRay to get 20% off your purchase, all right? So, questions for both of you gentlemen, all right? What are some of your favorite songs to play? And also, do you cover a lot of songs, or do you mostly original work? Um, I mean, for me, it's it's sort of split. I'm, you know, a working musician, so I'll do three-hour sets. The ones that I like to do are the 45-minute sets, and I typically don't do any covers during those. But, um, you know, the longer ones, I do I do a bunch of covers, and you try to just kind of rework them and make them into your style, you know. Yeah, I would say, you know, same thing for me. I do, you know, solo gigs or even full band gigs that require three hours, four hours worth of music, and then, I, you know, even the just the original stuff. I like to throw originals in the middle of my uh, cover sets and see how people respond. That lets me know whether it's a good, you know, whether I should keep working that song or not. Yeah. But also I like to make covers my own because I would just get bored trying to do them exactly, you know, like like, like they are. And um, I'm, one of my favorite songs to play of all time that I cover is uh, If I Ever Fall by Shy. And I love to see people's, it's like either you know it or you don't know it, but I just feel like people just respond a certain way when they're just somewhere. I played, like at Sambuca 360, I played there last night, and, you know, when you just throw that out there and you see people's heads perk up, and it's like, do you know that song? And then they, they just, you win them, you, you just win them over with yeah, that song. Yeah. And it's just one of those obscure songs. You got it on, one. Of, I got it on one of those CD deals where you got like 12 <laughs> CDs for the price of one, <laughs> like Columbia I House. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you send in a fake name or whatever, you know, and then they just start sending you CDs. <laughs> and it's just such a beautiful song. I remember yeah. on the, it was on, I don't know, it was a K104. I just remember they played it on the radio all the time. So that's like my favorite song to play right now. That's like three versions of that song. <laughs> yeah. I heard. Yes, yes. Yeah, the acapella version. Yeah. I have a question for you guys that's going to kind of make you dig into your brain a little bit. If you could create a super band of anyone, any member of any band, who would it be from any era and generation? Oh, man. Um, okay, I guess I'll go. Is that a – I can go first. Um, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco, if, if he could play with me. He's a singer in a band called Wilco. Um, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, so Dave yeah. Grohl, if I could put him on the drums. And I'll play bass and sing. That's a three-piece. That's a power trio right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Oh, man. Full band. Can they be dead? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any generation. I mean, you know, wouldn't you want to go back and get, like, Miles Davis to be playing horns oh. on all your stuff, no matter what he did? Cool. You know? cat in the world. Just go for it, whatever you want to play. Um, Chris Cornell was, one, like, one of my favorite songwriters of all time. So just to have him in the band as a songwriter, just let him sing pretty much. I, w I would just do whatever he asked me to do. 
So, uh, you know, those, you know, I think if you dig back, you know, wouldn't you ask Beethoven to play piano? Oh, my God, Probably. absolutely. It'd be like that, you know, Bill and Ted's. You'd have to get in that time machine, go back and find all these people <laughs> and assemble this amazing band. You guys told us a couple people you could make a super band with. Who who are some of your favorite shows that you've attended and seen? Um, Man. That's uh, I have I w- to go back through the Rolodex. Yeah, you go first. I would say just re- just on a local level. Just recently went to uh, went to, to Deep Ellum and saw a band from Galveston called To Whom It May. Mm-hmm. They're a heavier rock band, but they were just they're amazing. It just reminded me that you know rock music on a local level, you know, or you know on a state level, you know, it just it was such a it was such a national sounding band, and it just you know I, I think rock music is in a lot of different places you know uh right now but i feel like on a national level rock music is at a point where you know i, I don't know i feel like it, it needs some help you know i feel like rock is is, is dying because it's all sounding the same you yeah. know, in a lot of ways so this was just a band that was like oh yeah they're from galveston too like it's nice i hope they make some some big waves you know so that was just local i like to see you know i don't know something about just going down and seeing something local uh is more intimate sometimes than the the big old show with all the yeah. you know drake though you know the opposite of what i just said <laughs> drake though the american airlines a few years back when he had the the yellow ferrari like yeah. flying around yeah. inside that was a wild show that was really cool just to see like and that was the first time i had ever seen the drones like he had all these little light drones come in and they were just like mapping out things in the sky and i was just like what is going on it's pretty <laughs> It was a pretty wild show, so that was probably that, that left a big impact on me. Yeah, I'd have to piggyback off the local thing. I mean, I remember every Fair to Midland show, me not wanting it to be done, which I think that's a good gauge because so many shows, I think by the end of them, I'm like, okay, I've seen enough, I'm ready to go home, even for a band that I love. But, I mean, I remember them being a show that not once, when they were done, I was not ready for them to be done, and... There's a band called Mute Math that I used to see a lot, too, sort of the same way. So you touched on something about rock bands, you know, you know, you sounding the same and, like, not enough, basically, exposure for rock bands now. I don't know if you heard recently, they're getting rid of 97.1, uh, the, yeah. uh, the Eagle. They're yeah. going to make it a sports radio show. Yeah, yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, so yeah. a lot And of, that's confirmation, yeah. you know, of the reality of rock music. Yeah. I, it's like anything, you know, you start... Hey, this is what sells. This is what's popular. Let's do that. And then you check it out 20 years later, and it's a carbon copy of a carbon copy, and it's lost all touch of something that's unique and really draws attention to young people. So, you know, but that that happens in genres. That's just something that happens in general, but it is right now, you know, you see it happening. And, you know, terrestrial radio has, you know, I think has lost its, yeah. you know, it's like, and it, everybody's on the Internet. It's the iHeart radios. It's whatever. It's XM satellites, you know. And then you have your octanes and your, you know, those those stations that are geared towards rock music. And you can survive there. But even if you listen to that, even if you are a rock music fan, you know, you can put that blindfold test on and how many songs are like, well, that is that that artist or is it that other artist? You know, it's like it really all starts to blend together, honestly. We need some refreshments going on. And, uh, yeah, just it's kind of touch on what you say. Yeah, there's a lot of genres like that, even like rap. How many times when everyone started that auto tune? Yeah. All those guys sounded the same. Like, yeah. what are these kids saying? Yeah. 
am I am I that old that I don't understand what they're saying? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the? You were saying earlier about how we do have because of the internet now, and it's like. How many songs are released? I don't know. What was it? I don't know the number. 60,000, 70,000 songs a day are released on Spotify. Like, wow. It's oversaturated. Everybody can do it. We can all have a laptop at home. You know, we saw Billie Eilish and Phineas do it. If we watch a documentary, we say, oh, I can do that. Let me get a laptop. Now I'm making music, you know, in my bedroom, and I'm going to put it out on Spotify. You know, it's just, it's it's very oversaturated. It's hard to be a musician today. It's almost like, and do is there a value for it anymore? It's like people pay subscriptions to hear all the music they want. Like, there's no more, like, do you get a concrete thing? I put my work into this. Are you going to buy a vinyl? Are you going to buy a CD? $10. No, it's like, you're just paying some subscription, and you're listening to whatever you want, and we're making nothing. And it's like the value of music in general has gone down. It, it actually heightened up in the live sense because people were like, oh, well, we haven't had live music for this whole time during COVID, so we'll pay this amount of money because we know people want to see live music. It'll help bring people into the doors. But outside of that reality, like, people tried to, like, pay musicians crap. Yeah, you know? little to it's nothing. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a... It's hard to do something that's not valued. But then you have in our past, you know, like, I consider myself, like, somewhat of a shaman. It's like, I'm bringing healing with mu- with music in a live sense. When you come see it live, you're getting a certain healing about it. And so that was in some, you know, in some cultures, that was like a very high, you know, important job, yeah. something to do, you know, but it's just not necessarily valued today. Yeah, I was going to ride off of something that you had mentioned about um, how rock has been dying. Um, I feel like music has its time. Like, you know, we had rock, hip hop, pop, now it's like Latin music, but you also said sixty to seventy thousand songs are released today. There's a lot of blended genres now. Like country isn't as country as it used to be. It's a yeah. lot more poppy, right? 100%, and then yeah. you see all of these rap artists linking up with Latino music artists and creating blended music. So maybe something that rock artists could think of is blending their genre with another one to get back in it because i would hate to see a genre like that die you know and you never i i don't think it actually ever will i mean everything kind of going back to the deep ellum conversation everything goes in cycles you know Mm -hmm. so i mean these things people come back and revisit it it's like you you know it it was not cool to wear bell bottoms and all that kind of stuff, and then that all came back. I'm wearing bell bottoms right now. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it, everything sort of it goes out and then it comes back, and I, you know I think that eventually, I mean, hell, so many, so many, my stepdaughter knows who Nirvana is, and she pr- probably shouldn't, you know, but yeah, yeah, I mean, kids are looking to that old genre of rock music, you know. But I think well, that that's part that's part of the reality of what we hear what we have putting being put out today. Mm-hmm. If it's not interesting enough, and so we go back to the, you know, I think we find what's great, you know. Well, I I'd like to say that the classics will always live on. You know, like right before I moved away from Vegas, I saw Aerosmith and they were freaking killing it. Steven yeah. Tyler like yeah. grabbed my friend's hat off her head. It was such an awesome show. You know, the classics will never die. But I just hope. I guess I could rephrase, rephrase it, is that I'd love to see rock music, like, be up in the rise again. Um, but, I mean, everything comes in cycles, like you said. Yeah. Did he give the hat back? 
No. He could afford he just a hat. Kept, That's he just what I was kept thinking. The hat and you were like, oh, but it's Steven Tyler. Take, I know. Honey, I was paying attention to that, and I'm thinking, this is negative. This is not good. <laughs> oh, no, we had a great time, and, you know, some of the girls went backstage and, like, partied with him and stuff. I'm, like, such a grandma now. I went home and took the girls who were too drunk to drive home after, but they said they had a great time, and he was super nice. So. Nice. And he's got a new hat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's one thing you did say, you know, how everything comes comes back around again. It's like now, what was retro is trendy now. You know, you've seen the big rise again in vinyl records. Oh, big time. Comic books. Yeah. Things of that sort yeah. of coming back full circle. Yeah. Like back when I was in high school, I liked all that stuff, and I was considered a nerd. Yeah. Now yeah. I'd be the coolest yeah. kid in school. <laughs> well, we do, we do, we, uh, you know, uh, Heart of the City, our band together, uh, which is uh, like R&B, soulful, with a little bit of rock, but... Uh, we pressed our album on vinyl, and I've pressed albums on vinyl. Like, it's actually one of the few things that actually can help a band make money because it offers those those hardcore fans that still believe in that. Like, I want a physical product, so instead of just like having a CD or whatever or USB sticks, like they actually have a really nice physical product. It brings back the concept of here's the lyrics, here's a book you open. Like, let's have an interactive listening rather than this is just on the background while I'm doing whatever, or 10 other things, you know, and it brings back the, the, that's what I love about records, it's like, you have to physically, you put it on, you put the needle down, and it's like this experience you have right then and there, you look at the book, you have this huge artwork in front of you, and like, it's a, it's something that takes place, it helps you actively listen to, you know, but there's so much stimulus with us today, especially with our cell phones, that Mm -hmm. active listening is a very rare thing, and music is always just a background thing in most cases, so I like the vinyl part about it. Yep. Okay. Uh, one more question for you guys, and we're going to wrap this thing up here. Do you feel there are enough platforms for independent bands? I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, I, I think there should be um, some kind of middle platform that helps bands organize, like that manages bands without without trying to like take this big cut. It's like, hey, we just, we just help you organize a to-do list of what you need to do this month. Oh, you're going to release a song? Okay. Let's, this is what you need to do, and this is the platforms you should be using and things like that. I'd love to have a middleman platform that tells me how to platform. But, yeah, I think there's so many things out there. There's so many stages we can be on in our homes doing nothing and then just being online and going, oh, here's this. Let's make this work for us. So, yeah, I think it's out there. You just got to figure out how to use it. All right, well, guys, thank you all so much for coming in. And, again, tell people about the show that's coming up. Uh, and also where everyone can find y'all on social media, all right? Um, October 15th at the Kessler. Really big deal. Royal Sons from Fort Worth. Black Tie Vendetta reunion show. You guys haven't played in what? Oh, man. It's been, it's been I want to say, ten, 10 years. It's been. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 10 years. Uh, and then myself, I'll be opening an acoustic Palco Estrada of the band South FM, all South FM songs. The infamous Kessler Theater down in Oak Cliff, um, October 15th. It's a really big deal for us, so please come check us out. Where can they find you on social um, media? You know, at Paco Estrada TV on Instagram, um, Paco Estrada on Facebook. I don't really have a website right now. Heartofthecitymusic.com. That's probably the most important website to myself right now. And Black Tie Vendetta, what do you Ours is just, with? it's... At Black Tie Vendetta or forward slash Black Tie Vendetta, every, every, everything. So cool. All right, cool. Hey, well, thank you all for taking time out to be with us on Ray Ray's podcast today. Allison, you got anything? 
we can end this on a positive note. You know, love yourself, love others, be kind, be generous. The world could use more of it. Okay. I want to add to that. Just give yourself a high five in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And it just, it'll make your day. You'll just feel a little bit better. Just look yourself in the eye, give yourself a high five. I've never done that before. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that yeah. now. He, that sounds like really fun. He sprinkles <laughs> these little nuggets that I put in my back pocket sometimes, and I try them, and they always work. <laughs> if no one's going to give you a high five, you can give yourself right. one. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right off right, like, the first thing of the day. Thank you all so much. Also, real quick, I want to thank one of our sponsors, Leap Pro Wash, uh, Power Washing. So if you need to clean up some graffiti, clean that new boat you just bought, clean some uh, chimneys or sidewalks, Go to EliteProWashing.com. Tell them Ray Ray's podcast sent you, and they'll take care of you, all right? And, you know, we like to wrap the show off with some positive words, you know, just to kind of play off what Allison said. Just tell this stuff to yourself. Look in the mirror, you know, get your swag on. Tell yourself, I will boss up physically. I will boss up mentally. I will boss up spiritually. And I will boss up financially. Invest in yourself. This is Ray. And Allison. And we're Ray Ray's podcast, and we're out. Hey, get money out,